From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for the week of Friday, March 27th, 2020. I'm Brian Walsh. Today, Impact Alpha's David Bank will discuss the story of the week. Hi, David. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. And we also have Amy Cortez, who will later profile this week's Agent of Impact. Hi, Amy. Hi, Brian. Great to be here. Great to have you. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. As COVID-19 changes nearly everything, Impact Alpha explored how the pandemic's destruction might lead to the sustainability disruption. More on that in a minute. Resilience investments paid off in successful containment efforts. In Hong Kong, Seoul, and Singapore, SARS provided a wake-up call back in 2002. Investments in supply chains, hospitals, education, and social infrastructure helped flatten the curve this time around. Mutual aid and neighborhood networks are matching people in need with neighbors who can help. Entrepreneurs and do-it-yourself makers are sharing open-source relief tech solutions. Impact Alpha has a roundup of local small business relief efforts. Send your favorite solutions to editor at impactalpha.com. At least a few non-COVID deals continue to get done. LightSource BP, a joint venture with the oil giant, secured a quarter billion dollars for a 260 megawatt solar project in Texas. And Nature's Find raised $80 million from Generation Investment Management and Breakthrough Energy Ventures. The startup turns microorganisms from hot springs into proteins for foods and beverages. I'm now joined by David Bank for this week's feature story. David, what do you have for us? Brian, we've been keying on two themes throughout the crisis, resilience and disruption. You flagged some of that resilience in the headlines. I focused on the disruption in a column this week headlined, let's make this storm matter. Uh, Okay. As Rahm Emanuel once said, never let a serious crisis go to waste. It's an opportunity to do things you didn't think you could do before. Yeah, we convened a couple dozen impact investing leaders and thinkers to try to get some perspective on what, for everybody, including us, has been a very disorienting time. And the common theme was, how can we reset some of the systems that turned out to be so fragile in this crisis? Here's Cynthia Muller of the Kellogg Foundation. For us and for our portfolio, I mean, I think many of you know, our lens has been really focused mostly here in the domestic U.S. with a focus on communities of color who were already, you know, behind in in many regards and even more so now um, in light of this. And so I won't belabor that point. But I think one of the things I'm coming to realize really clearly is that we're, we're facing a complete economic reset opportunity. And, you know, we've got examples in the past from this. And we historically made some decisions back then. I think we're faced with some opportunities here to really right side some of our policies to help those communities that have been left out to be included. And so I'm just really curious about how folks are, are thinking about that piece of it, obviously maintaining what we've got, but also thinking about the opportunity in front of us. The urgency of system change really came through. Listen to Elizabeth Littlefield of Albright Stonebridge. She ran the Overseas Private Investment Corporation during the Obama administration. I think one of the things that particularly the environmental community is focused on for many, many years, but never really gotten traction on, is the whole notion that economic growth is the wrong way to measure stuff, and really rethinking GDP growth and what it means, and thinking through prosperity without growth, about which much has been written, but more sort of theoretical and a little short on solutions. And I think this is a really great opportunity to think through that, since we all know that unshackling GDP growth from the destruction of the planet is what this generation needs to figure out fast. We've been doing our best to frame what folks are calling the narrative. I really like this take from Caprock Group's Matthew Weatherly White. If we accept the premise that culture 
i.e. the stories that we tell ourselves to make sense of an otherwise inexplicable world, is nothing more than a series of interlocking narratives. And the narratives right now, despite all the tailwinds around impact investing, continue to default to basically status quo. I think that this is the opportunity to, to sort of alter incremental pieces of the, of the sequential narratives in a sort of a gene sequencing perspective so that we can gene splice a different narrative resulting in a different culture. And that's really where I've been chewing hard to try to figure out how I can do that and how we at Caprock can do that. Words that we have used perhaps too casually in the past now seem to have real meaning. Dave Chan of Equilibrium Capital, he's been a host of our Institutional Shift podcast, chimed in as well. The actual idea of what does it mean to be resilient has now struck home. Systems thinking and the systems implications, that's struck home. Uh, risk management is no longer something you put little fancy half balls, empty balls, and full balls. Uh, risk management is now actually a set of actions, criteria, and implications. Uh, risk pricing, uh, math matters. Uh, and then this last one is the S of, of ESG and the S of impact investing, uh, social inequality. This is now coming home to roost. You know, just yesterday, Ohio reports 76,000 people file for unemployment. So, so the disadvantaged in our society is no longer just a number. I think it's going to become very apparent again. This really will be an acid test and opportunity for impact investors. Listen to Brian Trellstad of Bridges Fund Management. You know, we know the narrative of private investment in private good and public investment in public good. And in the relief package, there will be public investment in private good with bailouts of industries. But I think the opportunity to reframe impact investing as private investment in public goods, whether they are for public health or climate sustainability and resilience, is the opportunity of the, the crisis at hand. And finally, folks sometimes say it's too early to think about system change when the immediate needs are so great. But by the time it's not too early, it's too late. Here's Rahana Nathu of Spectrum Impact. I think we've learned from this crisis, but so many others, that by the time we figure out what's happening, a lot of the wheels are already set in motion. And I don't think that's um, indicative of helplessness, but I think it's an opportunity to ensure that we're actually making some serious changes. We don't just get through this and breathe a sigh of relief and go back to business as usual. So any of the systems changing, highly disruptive things that take us into thinking a different way, I'm finding, uh, I'm spending a lot of time reading and looking into them uh, in addition to actual tools, just thinking about things and stakeholders in a very different way. So it's a, it's a weird and bizarre time. So David, you gathered some really impressive leaders from across the spectrum of the field of impact investing. And I think it's really important in these uncertain times to have these different voices help us make sense of what the world is going through right now. Well, Brian, there's a saying that, you know, none of us are as smart as, as all of us. And we've really tried to look outward and, and, and try to bring in as many voices as we can. Um, there's, a, there's even a, a, a function on this podcast link for folks to call in their own messages and we'll uh, round them up uh, next week. As the saying goes, we're all in this together. Indeed, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. And now it's time for this week's Agent of Impact. Amy, who do we have this week? Well, Brian, this week we're featuring Anthony Bug Levine, the head of the Nonprofit Finance Fund, or NFF. I live in New York, which is now ground zero of the coronavirus. And when it first started shutting down businesses and nonprofits, the effects were immediate. Revenues disappeared overnight, people lost their jobs, and nonprofit reserves dwindled. 
While government relief remains weeks away, starting today, NFF is taking applications for no-interest loans to keep organizations afloat. The $25 million emergency fund is targeting nonprofits in healthcare, food delivery, homeless services, workforce development and education, as well as arts and culture. And impressively, the fund will have gone from conception to sending checks within less than two weeks. It was capitalized by a program-related investment from the Ford Foundation and is part of a broader $75 million relief fund. Bug Levine says he's encouraged by foundations that have responded to the fast-moving crisis by loosening grant restrictions and reporting obligations and speeding up payments. Now he's starting to ask what it would take to cultivate a similar sense of urgency around other pressing issues, from climate change to the racial wealth gap. His long track record in impact investing, he actually helped coin the term while he was at the Rockefeller Foundation, plus his commitment to pushing the field forward in both good times and bad, is why Anthony Buglevine is this week's Agent of Impact. You can see Anthony and all of our Agents of Impact on Instagram, at Impact Alpha. That's it for Impact Briefing this week. You can read more about these stories at impactalpha.com. Only subscribers receive full access to Impact Alpha content, including deal flow, job postings, and a Slack channel. For our podcast listeners, we're offering your first year half off. Use code BRIEFING50 at checkout to become a subscriber today. Thank you for listening, and thanks to David Bank, Amy Cortez, and our producer Isaac Silk, who also wrote the theme song. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact at the fintech company Liquinet. Make sure you check back next week for the latest impact investing news.